0: Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice.
1: Good evening and welcome to the Australian Stock Market Show. As promised, we plan to bring you more interesting stocks tonight. Our topic is top five ASX growth stocks to buy in 2020. If tonight is your first time watching, we'd like to give you a special welcome Thank you for tuning into the show, our goal is always to inform and educate you on the realities of successful investing and trading along with our topic for the evening. We'll also be answering your questions and looking at the stocks that you're interested in along with giving you our view on the market. So hello I'm Janine Cox and joining me tonight is Dale Gillam, we're Australia's most trusted stock market
0: educators. I was wondering when you were going to get to me. <laughs> it sounds like you were going to do the whole show on your own. I cut it down. <laughs> you cut it down? Huh? I Jeez. did, yeah. How you been?
1: Yeah, good. A little bit tired. Yeah? Just um, trying to get over the whiff as I was coming to the
0: studio. The whiff? I think you need to fix your plumbing. Fix my plumbing? Mm. Why? Can you do that? No. <laughs> I did that on purpose. It keeps people away. It's like... Good plan. Instead of a guard dog, I've got working. a guard... Plumbing, <laughs> that sort of stuff. Do that. But it is. It's, I mean, we're in winter at the moment again, almost.
1: Yeah, but yeah. I think um, you could get a plumber if you want to. You know, because I think for an emergency, you can't come get out. anybody.
0: At the moment, I can't get the electrician around to do some stuff. I've got, I actually got a Need a plumber to fix a drain. I got I got, the gardener's not coming. The pool guy's not coming. I'm, out, I'm looking tired because I'm doing so much work <laughs> no around knew, home. No wonder you lost so much weight. See, if I had a dog, I'd be losing it in the grass at the moment. You're vacuuming as well here. And I'm vacuuming and mopping floors and making. <laughs> a man vac- of many skills, I Too many, too many, but, <laughs> but anyway. But I had a question. I got asked into a question. We had a question today on, or not yesterday. I think it was yesterday on one of our comments somebody was saying where's your u.s stock report that normally goes out on tuesday for everybody the u.s stock report we do a u.s report every single day now and that goes up onto flix.net that's f-l-i-x-x dot net so if you're looking for my u.s um take on the u.s markets it's on flix we do it every single day we call it talking wealth so janine and i do a show every day of the week so monday's normally an hour long so jim and i have a chat and I'll do my take on the market. Um, But we also have other guests on our show. Like we interviewed somebody this afternoon and we've got another gentleman we're interviewing tomorrow. So just watch out for that. Just go to flixx.net and you'll find our show on there. But remember, if you have a burning question for us, you can also send us your questions uh, via email and remember don't be shy we love to have people giving us email so have fun and record a 30 second video it's even better if you put a video out we'll be putting it on on our channel here right on tonight we've got a video for tonight but you can email your questions through to info at wealthwithin.com.au moving on it's
1: the fifth Tuesday in the month and this means we'll give you our top uh, a Not top, top
0: tip. I was going to was worried about what you were going to say when you said,
1: <laughs> I'm going to keep my mouth shut. And where are you going? He's been telling jokes oh right God. before the show. It's a shame that you weren't able to hear that. So let's get into the chart so we can discuss our thoughts right now. So often we talk about world markets. We talk about currencies. We talk about the Australian commodities. market. Yeah. Commodities. And tonight it's a hot tip night because it's the fifth Tuesday of the month. It doesn't happen every month.
0: Every third month we get a five fifth week so we've got one this week so instead of being a hot tip in being it's a hot stock Mm. this is a hot tip of something that somebody should you should be doing in your trading yeah that's
1: right so So what's your hot tip so tonight is about not to catch a falling knife because i think that Uh a lot of people who watch the show already know that we talk about that not to not to try to buy stocks that are falling but do they know what it actually means well, that's the thing, isn't it? Um, a lot of people probably think that oh, it, it sounds like a falling knife, therefore a stock price falling. Mm. It sounds logical, doesn't it?
0: Well, it is. Does it use that? Yeah, well, correct. You mm. know, and it's a lot of people have, There's, and I know we say there's a lot of difference between information and education. Information means you've read a book or you might have watched a video and you've got some information coming at you. But... There's a vast difference between knowledge and understanding. So what is knowledge of what a falling knife is, but what is actually understanding what a falling knife is? Mm. They're the two different things. And we find that people, I don't know, it's so common for people to take something what we've said and take it completely out of context or an opposite way that we don't, we never ever meant it to be because they're not understanding what we're actually saying. So,
1: I mean, if you found a stock that had Mm. been falling for years in decline, you're looking for the... Best or most opportune time to be able to buy it, that's Mm. not necessarily catching a falling knife. Correct. It's when the stock actually falls out of bed all of a sudden after it's been Mm. going up and people suddenly try to rush in and get it. Then they get caught out in the rebound and the stock continues to fall. That's really what I'm talking about. Yeah, because
0: what they don't understand is, you know, I don't know, we keep saying that, you know, when markets are moving, like a stock will go up, down, up, down, up, down, down, but it'll generally go up. Mm. But in the opposite happens in a bear market. you see that again? It goes down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up. Very good. Instead of no, can we look no, no, at no, a chart no, no, instead no, 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 of your no, no. finger? Okay. <laughs> okay. Just get to the chart. <laughs> so, A2
1: Milk um, is one of the stocks that we're just using as an example for this catch a falling knife. Now you can see there on the left-hand side of the chart we have the monthly chart. For those mm. new to the show, we always look at the big picture view. But really, what we've seen is a stock that's been in a long-term uptrend, and it's had some periods where it's fallen away within that. Mm. So. If you were trading longer term, that you would have certain rules around whether you're buying that. And the catch of the falling knife might, rules uh, might not apply to, say, a monthly chart that where the stock's yeah, been but rising I strongly. Often find
0: the, the people that catch falling knives, they see a stock that's been the flavour of the month for a while, mm. you know, and it for the last year, the last two years, and it's had some massive rises. And then it comes down and people go, I'm just buying the dip. Mm. But how do they know it's just a little dip? Or a long-term up downtrend happening. Yeah, and that's so what, what is a dip? So what is a dip and what's catching a falling knife? And mm. A2 milk was the flavour of the month back for the last two, three, four years. It's been done some beautiful runs and a lot of people have made some good money on it. And people assume that because it did that in the past, it's going to do that again in the future. And yes, it will at some stage, but is that going to be now? Yeah. So what is your falling knife?
1: Okay, so looking at the falling knife, for example, we've just recently seen a scenario where the stock's been trending up. This was the dip where people tried to buy in low and then get the run up, Correct. which failed in the end. Which
0: failed in the end.
1: Now, that's not such a big a bad idea to try to catch a stock as it's coming down, but you've got to get some sort of confirmation mm. of it moving up again. And what happened with A2 Milk is it, was, it, it formed all of these highs around the $20 mark. Mm. Now, it's not uncommon for stocks to hit levels that are round whole numbers and then fall away from those levels which is what's happened with A2 milk so you see it's starting to fall away once it makes this outside bar here that's really when it's starting to move down with some steam and mm. if people try to get out get in at these times then they're catching a falling knife um, it's quite dangerous but even worse still where the stock's trying to push back up but and then they try to jump back in mm. and that's
0: to me that's the that's this is the critical that's point, a danger bar, isn't it because mm. they see this bar it opened it traded up and so you would have been getting people buying in there And then people placing orders on Monday too. You would have had people placing orders on this stock yesterday to get into it thinking, oh, it's going to go up. But they're catching a falling knife because it's fallen quite heavily. If we look at the difference between there and it opened up was that nearly 9.5% down, they're now down around 15% in a couple of days. Yeah, so you'll be stopped Mm. out. That's your initial stop loss if they have a stop loss. But at Mm. this point in time, we've had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12, 13 weeks. It's generally trading down. Yeah. So they're not looking at the market. They're just trying to pick something up cheap. Mm. That's really what you're saying, yeah? Yeah and right now they're actually going down. So that's your tip Mm. is don't catch falling knives, but you really do need to understand where a stock is finding resistance and support and that, that one obviously hasn't. And we could probably give you dozens of examples pretty quickly. Of people catching falling knives, but before we now got to get into our first question. But before we do get into our first question tonight, I'd like to thank everybody that sent in an email. We were over, like we we're overrun with the emails this week. So we, and you even got some on the, on the channel as well, which we could And we even well, got some on the chat, which is really good for you to do mm-hmm. that. But we always take priority. Videos, we take number one priority, then emails, and then anything on the chat uh, or the comments box, we we take next. But we can, um, if
1: they, if they send those same questions through that they put on the, the YouTube channel onto the into the emails next week. Yeah, Can okay, we do them then?
0: It. Yeah, yeah, we'll do them yeah. then. So, But anyway, let's get into our video. First up is a video question from a gentleman, a good-looking gentleman I've been reminded of saying, a good-looking gentleman called Steve. So take it away, Steve. Hi, Dale and Janine. I love your show. I uh, like what you guys do, and I'm sure there's plenty of people in the background doing lots of hard slog to get that show on the road each week. Well done to everyone. Uh, My question for you this week is based around the software and the data that you guys use. As someone who might only have a small amount to invest, uh, it would seem that a lot of my dollars and cents might end up going out the door in data uh, charges and all that sort of thing. Any guidelines that you've got on how to select a cost-effective data supplier if there is one? Thanks, guys. Yeah, good question, Stephen. And I know it's something that we do get asked. And by the way, he's good looking, isn't he? You, you saw, okay. Oh, look, he's a handsome man. He's
1: what a handsome, I say? He's a handsome man
0: with a nice <laughs> smile. Okay. But, uh, really, really good question. I know people sometimes on the show, they go, oh, what software do you use? What software do you use? And the software we use is not necessarily for everybody. It's more for traders. It's, it's, uh, whilst I, I'm going to stop short of saying it's professional software, but it is for us. Um, but there's different grades of it. But, you know, if you're just buying and holding or you're an investor, you don't need something like what we have, you know, because it is much more um, costly to have that in the data feeds that we get. But there's plenty of data feeds you can get out there. Generally, your broker is your first place. And I know some, some brokers will give you basic charts and basic data, and basic fundamental data, and they'll generally do it for free. But some of them will charge you to get live data and other a bit more expensive which stuff. Which they like, don't need. Which you don't necessarily need. But I find there's a couple of probably really good websites that I quite often send people who've read my book. You know, they go, well, how do I draw trend lines and where do I get the charts? Because most of the charts on broker websites are pretty CRAP. They're terrible.
1: Look, I think they allow. Mm. I think there's brokers out there now that allow you to draw the lines now. So yeah, but the charts are to put, not that They to put the weekly charts on, but I don't mm. know that you can format them. So that's something that I'd have to check.
0: No, you can't. So generally, I will send people to a place called like IncredibleCharts.com.au, Australian company. If you don't mind all the ads and everything else, there's a free membership you can have with it, and it prints up. Okay, charts, and you can put some trend lines on other indicators and everything else on them. I know you can print your charts up, your charts up, but you can't save what your work is. You can only just print it up and, and do that. But you can buy so memberships. So what does data cost, like just to give um, an idea. Well, if you're looking for data, if you if you've got software that will take data like ours, your data feeds are going to cost you anywhere between twenty and thirty dollars a month and hundred dollars a month yeah, or something. Be, you know, mm-hmm. if you're getting live data. So, but most often you don't really need that. But something like Incredible Charts or there's another a site called bigcharts.com that does some good charts as well. But if you're really going to be
1: serious even Mm. if someone's got a small amount of money you just got to look at where they're going with that don't you really? Correct. So if if you've got a long term plan with it Mm. then you, you need to be thinking about where to next so initially it might be that you use a broker website with yes. what you're doing until you build up your capital but then what would
0: you suggest yeah i'd suggest i mean obviously you know there's some basic you can get some really basic software programs like we have and i can't remember Do the they, name don't of they have them, a
1: cut down version of what we've got
0: not of what we they used to years and years ago they mm. used to sell one for like 300 dollars. but i think nowadays they're more web-based ones now mm. and they're they can be quite cheap and you're okay. not paying too much for them. But again, it's depending on what level you're at, Steve. If you're more of a trader, then you'd go for something a little bit more sophisticated like us. More of an investor, then you're probably okay with a Comsec or, as I said, incredible charts. You'd be fine with that. But
1: All right. What? Our first email question for tonight is from Hima. I hope I'm spelling and pronouncing that correctly, H-I-M-A. Hima. Uh, I purchased hmm? Telstra a few weeks back and it comprises... 14% of my portfolio. Just want to know your thoughts on it, whether it's a good idea or not, because I personally think in the long run, Telstra can come back, especially with all the 5G noise that's going around. Thanks, Hema. Now, I did a podcast on this today, yeah. which I think was in the e-news. Or I think the e-news,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: I've got the chart there on the screen so that we can have a look at this. Now, Telstra has been in decline for a long time. So on the left-hand side of the chart, you can see... The monthly view of it.
0: I'll just drag that across there. Why would you have bought it in the last week? That would be my question.
1: Well, look, I mean, I think it's not just a question of the last week, I think it's a question of the whole picture. Because Mm. if people are looking at Telstra, you've got to have a damn good reason for wanting to buy this stock Mm. because it's not historically a great stock. It has periods of where it does rise. But you, know, you can't just think just because it's below $3 or it's come back near it slow again, that potentially it could be a time to buy it. Now with COVID, it got hit really hard like all yeah. stocks did. And then it tried to recover and it's fallen swiftly. So the market's been really decisive about where the direction for the share. Hmm. It's not going anywhere right now. It could, in the short term, ba- try to bounce back up about the three dollar mark. And but the challenge you've got, you've got right now with this share is that there's a real risk it could take out the all time low. It it came back if you look at the monthly chart. And this is the reason why I think we need to look at the big picture mm. on it because it's. So
0: 255, it's at all time low.
1: Yeah, there's the 255 all time low, and that was back in mm. November 2010. Now Telstra went all the way up. This is why this. Stock like any stock on the market and banks included are not buy and hold at all. You've really got to be mm-hmm. choosing the times when you you're picking them so looking at this low and particularly with Telstra $2.60 um, it came back almost to that low so this is a really incredibly strong support level yep. if Telstra can find support around this level then long term it should be great but you know it's got to jump in a lot of hurdles before mm. I would even look at it right now it's pushing on the downside so you really want to have your stop loss mm. in place on this one I think yeah
0: so I, I think probably the, the the summary of that is you bought too early
1: too and, early to and. see what, what the direction is because it could take yeah. out this low and continue that long-term yeah. downtrend. That's Just the make risk sure you've got
0: a stop loss as a HEMA. Um, I think that's how you said it, isn't that's it? That's right. HEMA. So anyway, but let's get on to our next question. Thank you very much for that question anyway. The next one is from Chloe. So hi, Chloe. I don't think we've had one from you before. She says, hi, Dale and Janine. I use my tuition fee, $20,000. That my parents gave me as capital during the pandemic until now I, I bought into nav Meyer a2 milk and z1p and got stuck in a whole position with a loss of approximately four thousand two hundred dollars unfortunately i have to pay the tuition at the end of the month but due to the current market there's no chance that these stocks w- would recover next month what should i do to minimize my portfolio losses best regards chloe um, First of all, we
1: can't give personal financial advice, so that's the first thing. Yeah, but it's more Second, of a structural thing. It's more of a big picture. Mm. Why? Why did, it, did Chloe do it? For a start, I mean, well, you're never stuck in a stock. Yeah.
0: If mm. you, so she said, "I'm stuck in these," but you're not. You can always sell. So that's one thing. The first thing is, you shouldn't have used your tuition money to do that. And I know we get people to we get people all the time ringing and saying hey look I'm, i've got to bought a house yeah. and i've got to settle in it's 90 days term, and it? i've got a hundred thousand dollars you know where do i put it for th- three months and we go we put it put it in the bank turn deposit yeah because you need to settle the house so if there's money that you need you never go and put it on the market and open it up to speculation so that's that's problem number one. Second thing is if if you don't think they've got a place to go if they're going to go back up to where you found bought them for in the next month then you might as well cut your losses pretty much short but again it's up to you we're not going to give you financial advice of what you're doing obviously right now you're down if you've put $20,000 well, you're down well, 4000 We're talking 000, about NAB, which
1: has been down but it's trying to it find support at the week. moment so at the, you know, I'd be watching that really closely 18 milk's down today as well again I'd be watching the recent low and just making sure it doesn't take that out or, or even mm-hmm. this week's bar just mm-hmm. to see if it doesn't take that out Um, A2 milk's you know down Mm. strongly so therefore it could continue to fall for a couple of weeks at least and then Mm. but those gaps on the weekly chart will mean eventually it's going to come back up but it's just a question of time and that's the
0: problem isn't it and I think where we need to help um, is you need certainty because you've got to start university so I think that's really what you think it's about let's just make some decisions about what you want to do and give yourself some certainty. But zip um, zip
1: was a question that she asked about and so mm. and in particular this one I would say you know if zip mm. trades below this week's bar there's a real risk that it could keep falling mm. because of that huge gap that's there. So that's I would be looking at if it was me and I and I did this I'd be looking at how to protect my downside in the short term really quickly. In your case if it was you you'd be mm. just selling them wouldn't you because Yeah depending on where no, your stop loss was. But I think was. she may
0: have got caught mm. in being a young person at uni. She might have got in caught herd mentality where everybody else is yeah. buying stocks and making money during the COVID and yep. trying to that bounce. And then she's got in and at the wrong time. And, and this I is think, an
1: important lesson potentially mm. for her mm. down the track because she could end up tell coming back into dad the share market she and she might do not really well. Want to do it,
0: but tell your mum and dad. But yeah, you yeah. yeah,
1: need to. Um, but Look, anyway. We better move on. Cool. The next question that we have is from Vinay. All these exotic names. Hi, Dale. I've read your book and looking to do more education in the form of a short course or diploma. Could you please review ALL and GMG based on your recommendation? I'm going to align my portfolio to the top 20 shares. So the reason I read out that first bit about the book, because I think what she's um, looked at is look, they've looked at the book and then said, okay, you've talked about the top 20 shares. So both of them provide me green signal on monthly charts and is going sideways on weekly chart. Also, what should be entry point in the entry, if, is the entry point the lowest point in the week or the month or random? None of them. Um, so there you go. Yeah.
0: Mm. yeah, I'm not sure. I think you need to read the book again because none of that is an entry point. So, and I'm not sure you're fully understanding what's actually in the book. It's about and shouldn't say which book, but I'm assuming you're looking at trend lines. So you need to be buying. The book's very, very specific about the buy rules. Is when it crosses a trend line, you buy. And it's according whether to, it's a month on the mm. uh, either monthly chart on a close above the trend line on a monthly chart or on a weekly chart, two closes below the above the trend line, the downtrend line. So if it's not got any of those, then it's not a buy. Well, looking at GMG as
1: an example, I've got there on the screen. It's getting closer to a sell point potentially. Mm. Based on those rules, if you can get a trend line up that rise, yeah. it's nice and hug, hug that um, accelerated run, more so than a buy. And it may continue mm. up in the short term towards $20 if it takes out that recent high, but it's looking a bit thin yeah. on that rise right now. It
0: is, but I agree to aligning. If you're new and you're not sure, to agree, I agree to the whole aligning you, yourself to the top 20 stocks. I think mm. that's a good point. Yeah. Um, because obviously, so too much many people. It's better take from a
1: start point because you've got less stocks to look at.
0: Yeah, I was only talking about this with mm. Michael today. The interview I did for Talking Wealth, which is on, I think, Thursday on Talking Wealth. We're going up for, on Flix, F L I X X yep. dot net. Um, and I was talking about this and saying, if you're not sure, just you know, you just put five hundred dollars in the market and learn mm. how to play straight and how the market's working, and then slowly. As you get more experience and knowledge and comfort, then you start putting more money into it. But I think too many people sort of dive in with bigger positions. Why is that? Because they uh, don't want to miss out. Well, it's like the, the girl who used her tuition money. You know, mm. she's like, oh, everybody else has made this money. So, oh, they've made 10 or 20 percent in the last two months. So I can do that on that. And I've got some money. And I think mm. that greed mentality, if that makes sense, without being rude to anybody, that happens. Yep. And right now, oh, this is not a stock I, I would agree with you. There's some resistance there, and it may not be one that's going to go.
1: Okay. We have an email from Shay. Another beautiful name. Hi, Dale and Janine. I've just started reading the How to Beat the Managed Funds book and I have a couple of questions about the benchmarks used by superannuation funds. Yeah. I found it interesting that one fund uses CPI plus around 4%, so 45 being the highest category, as a benchmark for all their investment options. Given the average inflation over the last 10 years is around 2% and is set to go lower soon given the recession, am I missing something or is this a poor benchmark considering the ASX averages 7.5% return In theory, would benchmarks that follow the ASX or ASX 200 provide better returns, even if they aren't labelled the high growth categories? Well, the interesting thing about this is that big funds have a benchmark. They set the benchmark based on... And a lot of the time, it depends on what the assets are that are invested in the fund and how it's broken down, mm. and what makes sense to them to do that. So it's really, it doesn't really matter what the benchmark is. I don't think. I think it matters more what their strategy is um, to, to meet that benchmark. That's yeah, what I'd be looking at.
0: I'd agree with you.
1: And because you know they could have a benchmark set at that because they think that some of the investments that are within the fund would be, um, you know, at least mm. meet that. And some investors may want that. Yeah yes. but I think
0: it, I think the industry overdoes it, doesn't mm. it really? Because it's what does the investor want? Investor wants to make money. They want to make money. That's mm. it. So the, does the investor really care about the benchmark?
1: I think some so what's do. The,
0: some do, but why? Is it because, because we pushed it as Because the industry it out there. Because the industry's pushed it out there. So mm. do you benchmark against the ASX 200? Do you benchmark it against the all Ordinaries, which is 500? Do you benchmark it against the accumulation index, which is, includes you've dividends? you got to compare
1: apples with apples, really, yeah. I think. So, so if you've got a fund that's actually invested in the top 200, then the benchmark make, be it makes the, sense should the be the ASX
0: 200. Correct. Yeah. Mm. But should it be the ASX 200 plus dividends? Because if they're owning the stocks, they should be getting dividends. So should that be the 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 depends on the strategy.
1: If it's a growth strategy, not necessarily. Mm. Mm.
0: Yeah, not necessarily. So again, it's more about if you're looking for a fund for yourself to invest in, it should be what's got the strategy that you like you like best, and what are they investing in, and what areas, and what's their performance over the past. You know three four five to ten years so you want to see their performance in up and down and smoothing you know that smoothing over that period of longer period of time because the last six months or the last 12 months is not necessarily a great indication but really good question i thought it was a really intelligent question so thank you for sending that in the next one we have is from shane i get the easy number name today um and we've shortened your email Shane, uh, because i think it was a little bit too long it says hi dale and janine prior to learning about your resources about your resources i purchased sul for eight dollars and ten cents I'm still trying to figure out my exit strategy on this, but my understanding of the chart is it's likely to start to turn down. would be great to know your thoughts, Shane. So let's go and have a look at that one. Actually,
1: I shortened a lot of them because you sent me an email saying that I've left some of them too long, so you're cracking the whip, so I Some of them were to... war and
0: peace, weren't they?
1: Well, look, I thought some of what you guys have said was really interesting. So, so but anyway, if auto, your email's so shortened down, cheap. that's why. Yep. Okay, SUL, Super Retail. Yep. Uh, you can see there that it's pushed up to that all-time high where you know it's typical for stocks during mm. COVID to have done this and then they're trying to push through their all-time high. But I think that it's quite extended at the moment. If it goes through that recent high, it could keep going. It could but, keep
0: going. So, yeah. look, I don't
1: think it's got a lot more to go as part of this particular
0: run. So where would you exit or where would you have a stop loss? Look,
1: I'd have a stop under that recent sideways consolidation here. So you know, depending on how tight you want your stop mm. and how tight you want your trailing stop, then it would be under one of these lows here.
0: Yeah, I'd probably give it a, you know, probably a good 10% on that where but, it is. But
1: if you could get a trend line up under it, that yeah. would be nice. I'm just not sure that you mm. would just yet because mm. it would be a bit tight underneath those yeah. lows.
0: Mm. But good stock. Hang on to it while it's still going up and make sure you set your stop loss underneath it, maybe under one of those troughs there that Janine talked about. So let's uh, I think we've got another another question, Janine, or what are we doing now? Uh, No, we're in in charge. Can you please look after this then? I'll look after it. I hope
1: you're enjoying the show so far and we have lots more to come. Before we get into that, it's a perfect time to hit that subscribe button. So come on, everybody, hit the subscribe button and like the video. I know you want to. Now, we're coming into the topic tonight. This is what everybody loves to talk about, stocks. So it's time we get into the top five ASX growth stocks to buy in 2020. Now, this is the, the other five. So in the first show that we did last week, we talked about five stocks, and these are the final five. Remember, before you put your hard-earned money at risk, it's really important that you do the following. The first one is that you set your own stock selection criteria. Regardless of what you hear, make sure any stock you select suits the portfolio that you've decided on, right? Not just at a whim picking stocks that are the flavor of the month. And most importantly, learn how to apply solid buy and sell rules. And know how to properly test that they work, and that's what we teach people to do. Because people who talk about using rules out there, nine times out of ten, they have never tested them properly. And you, you always need someone who knows more than you to look over your work so that you know that you're on the right track. So, would you like to talk about the third point?
0: Yeah, no, and, and well, I agree with you on that because I don't know how many times somebody, you know, somebody who's not a student of ours, that's watched watching our videos it sends a chart through Dana saying hey Dale i got a trend line on this or this is a vibe according to your book and I went and probably 8 times out of 10 I go nah not quite good effort though good effort but mm. not quite and so I say you know, it's fine to send them in but again it's about Unless somebody who knows what they're doing checks it, how do you know you're doing it right? So that's one thing, and that's what Janine's talking about, is making sure you understand the rules and how to apply it. But you're doing it correctly. But last one, last little tip she's got there is never blindly follow experts' tips. And, and that's strange to have an expert saying that. But again, you know, it's you shouldn't be following experts' tips because I was only saying on my market report yesterday that, you know, back between 2003 and 2007, we were running... For about two or three years, we were running a stock tipping report, you and me, and at one stage, we were 92% right on our, on our tips, and yet people still complained that they didn't make money on some of them, you know, and then we made model portfolios, and we had four different portfolio styles, which are in my How to Beat the Managed Funds book, and we were running those and just telling people to buy and sell, so all they had to do was hit buy and hit sell, that's all they had to do, and they still struggled because they wouldn't do it. When we said we'd do it, they wouldn't sell. When we said we'd sell, there's a whole range of things, even though we were right most of the time. And we actually gave them a 100% money-back guarantee if they didn't make money. And we still we didn't have to give one back, did we?
1: Well, look, I mean, you, you remember that really clearly, don't you?
0: Yeah, mm. because it was interesting. It was a real psychology lesson for me on how people do things. Mm. And it's like, well, you've got experts telling you what to do. They're getting it right They're making money, but why aren't you making money? And when we sat down with these people and they brought all their contract notes in and we worked through it all, they sat down there, their jaws hit the ground. Wow, I'm affecting my investments this much because of my little decisions to not follow exactly what you're talking about because of their lack of knowledge on it or how things worked or they put their biases on things which stopped them making money. But anyway, but let's get into the stocks. But again, it's about not necessarily you need to understand what you're doing first. Um, and have your own rules around that so that you protect your capital and you're looking after yourself. So let's get into the stocks, is it all? What are we doing now?
1: Now, last week, we shared with you five of the best growth stocks to buy on the ASX as we come to the end of 2020, as we promised you more this week. So in tonight's show, we'll share our thoughts on a further five. For, the, for 2020 and what to look out for when considering stocks to buy. Now, this was a real challenge for me, given mm. the way that the market is at the moment, because oh, yeah. normally I would have, you know, we've got 20 to 30 stocks on our watch list. Okay, so to, to narrow it down to 10 at the moment, when a lot of stocks have been falling away, and I can see that there are stocks falling, and I'm thinking, this is why we preface this whole mm. thing by saying, Don't follow experts. You've got to have your own rules, your own strategies, and do your own stock selections. But I know you're interested to know some of the stocks that we're looking at. So, for example, I've got Santos. I want to explain this. So, I've got Santos up on the screen as yep. a stock. Now, this can be an extremely volatile stock, a really good trading stock to have. It not, is. It's definitely not stock. a buy and hold stock and not one for the faint hearted. However, if there are times to be in this and times to be completely mm. out of it. Yes. That's one of the things with this year. And it's more short to medium term mm. scenario generally with Santos right now it's pulling back now will it actually be rising in the last quarter of 2020 I think it will I think in the short term it could come back a little bit further to the downside but I think it will then start to recover and move back up again but in saying that of course we wouldn't be buying it unless it does so it doesn't really worry me one way or another if it does fall from here Mm. because it still needs to meet our entry criteria which Mm. you know it would need to start pushing back up now depending on how it unfolds in the short term you can see it's looking really weak but it has been consolidating sideways, so that obviously there's a bit of a pause, if you like, in what's going on with the selling here. I'd like to see it pull back to come back to around 4.40, thereabouts, and then yeah. to push back up from there. If it stops here and starts going up, it could be a nice short-term opportunity with Santos in the last quarter. I do
0: like it. I really do like this stock. I mm. think it, yeah, I, look, I 100% agree with you, but I think it has got a lot of potential because we're a couple of days out of the start of the last quarter. Yep. Obviously, we're expecting overall the market to come down probably to mid-October, possibly towards the end. Mm. But that leaves November, December, doesn't it? Yes. So if we do get, some of the stocks will bottom out before the market. Some will bottom out Look, after some are market. going to keep going, and just looking are, at the are, yeah.
1: long-term picture of some mm. of the stocks on our market at the moment. If yeah. you can keep going, you mean go up. Keep going down. Keep going down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. i will just a right. sure. Next yeah. one. So then we've got Lend-Lease, which is, you know, there's a few questions around Lend-Lease. it's, it's, it's can be extremely volatile. It's been so, sold okay. off. So we're looking at um, the long-term picture of Lend-Lease. Now, you can see... Again, it it spends a lot of time falling as well as rising. More time rising than falling, but when it does fall, it's just really fast and you've got to be prepared. Mm -hmm. You've got to have really tight rules. So if you were the kind of person that... You know, was was just buying a few stocks to put in the bottom drawer. This would not be one of those shares. Uh, so it's going sideways at the moment. Now it's a really important level where it's trading at at the moment. It needs to get back above around $13 to mm-hmm. start looking interesting again. So if it falls, continues to fall, then of course it just comes off the list. So the way that we run our watch list is we have a like a high priority list, and then we'll have a lower priority mm. stocks that we always watch because they're good trading stocks over time. But, we, you know, if it starts to fall away, then we don't need to watch it every week. We just put it in the back end and then bring it back to the forefront when it starts to move up again. So that's that's Lendless. That's a, an interesting one, I think, to look at.
0: But it's setting itself up, isn't it, at the moment? It hasn't had yeah. the big I – mean, whilst it, I mean, it did rise, you know, 40% after covid meltdown so it's a nice big rise up but it's mm. been a bit more bearish since then but if it does hold up i think this could rise up quite well if it holds up
1: now look one that i always have on the list I anyway macquarie. is macquarie and even though i'm expecting some short-term downside on mm. the stock because i guess the the challenge with macquarie is that it's pulled back it's formed a gap and it's come up to fill that gap now, I'd rather see it keep falling and then fill the gap later than filling it now because mm. that means it's more likely to pull back a little bit further generally. So if, if it comes back, ideally $110 would be great. If it can find support around there and start moving back up into the end of the, the calendar year, then I think this could present some good opportunities. Whether it does it in this quarter or into next, into next year, that's going to be a wait-and-see thing because we don't have the data on the right-hand side of the chart yet.
0: Yeah, but Macquarie was the best performer of all the banks out, out of the GFC. Mm. The streets ahead of all the other banks outside of that.
1: Well, it did. It, it, well, it, it actually fell quite significantly during the GFC. So it was a mm. really big fall on Macquarie, which sort of surprised me how far it fell. But it recovered really quickly. Like it was like mm. a rubber band getting back in. And we've seen this incredible stretch all the way up here. Now, this is not a You know, this is not unusual to see Macquarie fall so heavily as it did in COVID Mm. because of the nature of the share because it's an investment bank. But, you know, it recovered just as quickly. So, you know, I like it. I still would always have it on the list there and I'd be watching this one. Me too. Okay,
0: so what about next S32? So
1: S32 is an interesting share. It's really we've talked about this on the show before. Mm. So it's just been going sideways the past four months. Look at the opens and closes on the monthly chart, how they're all stuck together. There is really no commitment to this at the moment and that's why we're seeing this sideways move. I'd prefer to see this pull back over the coming weeks. So you, you're expecting the low mm. into in October. That would be ideal if the stock actually falls away for a few weeks and then um, sets up for a move higher. Yeah, it's That'd not wanting nice. to fall
0: away. I mean, obviously, mm. when we look at the monthly chart, we're seeing here one, two, three, four, five, six months without falling away. Here we've got yep. one, two, three, four, this, roughly, what's that, yeah, one, two, three, three there. So yeah, similar from its all-time high back in mm. 2018. This is sort of the more sustained period of its moving up and holding, but it's not breaking through this. So it wants to go up, but it's not.
1: Yeah, so it's, it doesn't want to be below $2, $2, right? I, mm. But I'd like it to be, ideally. So mm. we'll just be, have to be patient. This is about what we talked about on other shows about yep. not being you know jumping the gun and being a bit trigger happy and just being the the tiger or the the lion waiting for the right time but it to can pounce. move
0: pretty It can move really fast mm. uh, over a short period of time, and you know, like we saw out of that two thousand and fifteen low I mean that's a massive move right through for that between. Um, what's that date there? February two thousand and sixteen and two thousand and eighteen. In two years, that's a massive move. Yeah. You know, we're talking from below a dollar to over four dollars. That's mm. four, you know, three hundred percent move. So it can move that. I'm not suggesting it's gonna do that right now, but well, we're we saying don't have a lot of history. We don't have on it a lot of history. But if it gets through there, that sort of 240, 250 area, then there's a mm. lot of upside movement on that one. Yeah. So I do like that one.
1: Okay. Um, so the next one I've got now. Yeah. You know you this know me,
0: I would, course, isn't it? I would always
1: have BHP, Rio or FMG on any watch list and we do have all oh, of them skipping on IAG? our watch list. Just, just,
0: I'll come back to that oh, one. Oh, okay, sorry. The guys can see the tab I'll there, so if you jip them off that <laughs> IAG one, they're going to be ringing me up and saying, tell Janine off. So okay. they really are.
1: Um, but just looking at mm-hmm. um, BHP, you I know, absolutely adore this stock. I think it's awesome. I'm not saying that everything that they I do is a company is if you could, couldn't just... You? Fantastic. I dream about it. This is one of the first stocks that I ever charted. Um, and I had a I'll tell you a story about it. I went to a, um, a fundamentalist seminar and, oh, yeah. and it makes me blush just thinking about it there was this gynecologist I was sitting next to and he was an old bloke so he delivered so many <laughs> babies in his time and he was chatting to me about it and um, I said to him look you know my expertise is technical analysis and he thought I was a bit of an alien no he would so he and I started telling him about the formation of BHP that you could memorise it if you've done charting over time you will actually memorise the moves on any mm. stock mm. and I I drew it out on a hang- on a one of those little um, napkin. napkin or Showed him that if he looked at BHP, that it has a low roughly every five years. So, if Mm. you know that, then you can take advantage of that. And he just didn't believe me. And I think because I went white when he was telling me about the delivery, and I think he went white when I showed him that this was possible. Because after being alive for
0: 75 years, he had never heard this before. I know, and a lot of people love that with BHP. (laughs) BHP is just so regular, isn't it? Mm. It really is. It just goes bang, 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 bang. So, I I do like BHP,
1: but as you've Mm -hmm. heard me talk about on the show, I think that the, the mining stocks had the potential to come back in the short term. So that's one of the reasons why that the mining stock, these mining stocks, even though I'm watching them, and I think that we're going to make some good money out of these in the future, in the near term, into to next year, but I just think there's a real risk on the downside right now for FMG, BHP and Rio. If they push up in the short term and BHP heads above $40, then it could continue to rise into early 2021.
0: 20, but but that'd be A is three, you know, that with that risk three there, BHP, Rio and mm. FMG. FMG you're worried about coming down. Yeah, because that's BHP just way is extended. more your pick of what would go up more medium More term. because it's
1: diversified, yeah. right, whereas Rio's more, more highly exposed to the... Um, iron ore price, which is looking really good. I still mm. I'm still bullish on that iron ore price, but in the short term it may come back a little bit. So look, I think that there's a real risk on the downside short term, but I still couldn't help myself okay, putting that. So it that's on
0: there. five stocks and now you've got number now, six. No well, look this is really five. You can't
1: count. But I just added that one. It's like having the baker's dozen <laughs> This is this is
0: your dark horse.
1: This is the so this is the dark horse. So yes. IAG, look when we have discussions about stocks, mm. you know, for client portfolios Insurance stocks are always the dirty word. Oh yeah, AMP is a
0: (laughs) three-letter word, isn't it? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, But IAG is equally that. Now, when Buffett bought into this stock, everybody thought it was was going to go through the roof. And it did rise for a while, but I'd never worry about what these people are doing. It's always what the chart's telling you. Hmm. And looking at that now, it's probably paid off that we didn't go there. I think the formation of the way that it's moved on the downside is great. It's at a really important level right now. Yeah. I think this could be a short term trading stock, not a not one if you're looking more medium term but still there's nothing yeah. on the bottom. It's just still falling. This would be a catch the falling knife scenario if people were trying to buy it in this sideways consolidation and then when it fell away it was getting cheaper. But right now it needs to prove itself and it's got a lot to do to prove yeah. itself. So. I'd be watching that over the coming weeks to see if well, we I think can if get it got
0: through about 4 it's trendline there. I think mm. it'd be all over Red Rover, wouldn't it? Roughly. Oh
1: look, if it starts to fall through that level strongly, yeah, it mm. could come all the way back to $320, three twenty, three three dollars or something.
0: But if it started mm. to bounce and started to move up from around 440, 440, mm. 450, and bounced and started to move up and started going, showing some good signs of life, it could be a good short-term trade. That's what you're saying. That's a possibility. Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty good. I mean, I do like this stock. I mean, there's some great-looking stocks at the moment on our marketplace there really mm. is uh, I've, I've stocks, stuck
1: to the top 100 even mm. though there are stock good stocks outside of the top 100 I, to keep it simple for tonight I've taken
0: the more liquid shares yeah I mean we did talk about WiseTech last week mm. and so we gave our thoughts on that that's that was outside that, that was outside and that and was another your dark horse that, that was my dark horse but also one of my other dark horses is Jumbo which we talked about a couple mm. of weeks ago so their Vocus is another one that I yeah. Glock, like from time to time, that's not too bad as well. Mm-hmm. But there's also Costa Group, as we've talked about that. That's a bit of a dark horse, another smaller stock. So there's some good smaller stocks looking good, mm. but there's some some of these big stocks are setting themselves up for some good runs.
1: Long term, you know, Oh, look, people are thinking mm. that the, that it's all over, that the economy, we're going into a recession, that there are all these problems. But I just see huge opportunities coming up. Especially mm. with banks. like You don't want to be in them right now, but there's going to be some really good opportunities out there.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we talked about energy and mining for possible for the next 12 months, yeah?
1: Yeah, materials. Or material, I really sorry. like materials. Not, yeah, and materials. energy. There are some good opportunities in energy. We talked mm. about a, um, a stock, couple of stocks last week. Yep. I really like that area as well, but you've got to be really selective and it's a trading thing. It's not a buy and hold thing.
0: Mm. Yeah, and I think we're seeing that at the moment with the with – the, the market over the psychology of the market at the moment is a little bit more shorter look, term the more I think term. more
1: people are going to come around to the way of thinking mm-hmm. of trading rather than buy and hold oh. through this whole experience I really see that because if mm. you look at all the dividends that companies are they're cutting dividends at the moment and historically mm. investors if they couldn't get their return from cash in the bank they're looking at stocks that pay good dividends and those are under threat right now so yeah. this is why it's really about growth stocks and looking at an opportunity and really learning this now because for the next five to ten years it's
0: opportunity for so many people to make good money out of it well it's a low cash environment mm. like sorry the low interest rate environment yeah so where are you going to put your money you're going to put mm. it in this into the share market are you are can put it in a property so to yep. me it's, and I was only chatting about it with Michael today on, on my interview with him why would why would you be going to cash mm. so go into the share market go into property and use that over the next few years to really build your wealth creation because sitting in cash in the bank is not going to do too much because inflation is going to eat some of that up.
1: Well, the up. great thing about the stock market is that you can get in with a much mm. smaller amount. There's no huge hurdle. Yeah. Mm. And it still irks me the fact that the governments, mm. um, you know, take a huge chunk of your money right from the word go with a property purchase. Oh, like, yeah. I just think that. And then the land tax on top of that that they're charging. Mm-hmm. I just think, you know, that that's a bit of a hand in the
0: back pocket. Yeah, the money. The what ga- are they doing well, for that? Well, that's why they support the property market, the government, because they make so much mm. mo- money out of it. Yeah. So, but anyway, but that brings us, well, that's the end of our topic, isn't oh, yeah, it? Oh, that's right. You
1: told me I'd better get, it, get going. Sorry about that. <laughs> now let's get into some more emails. I was getting carried away. But before we do, remember to hit that subscribe button now. And whilst you're there, give us a big thumbs up and click on that like button. All right. The next email we have is from Tom. Hi, Dale and Janine. What are your thoughts on the Australian property market? Funny we were just talking Do we have about that. we a question that. on property? wow. <laughs> Prices are so expensive on the east coast of Australia and many believe we're in a bubble. Also, what are your thoughts on investing in REITs versus buying a house outright for rent? I stay away from property and prefer stocks due to potential profits and liquidity, but do track the market as everyone around me is bullish on property. Okay, there we go. Regards, Tom. Good mm, question. Good. So we're talking about what's happening in the property market, aren't we?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, to, to probably get a bit of context around it, both Janine and I are property investors and we've been long-term property investors, so we're not either or. We're very much, you need both. Is the East Coast expensive? You could probably say that, but then... I don't know how many years I've been saying the property market's expensive and, and Look, it still keeps going up.
1: I read so many books on this years ago mm. and when I was reading about the stock market at the same time, learning both, because I wanted to do exactly what you said, have both. And when I looked at the property market, I learned about the cycles of property. Mm. And this there were these go- people who came from overseas countries who were buying property and the Australians weren't buying them at that stage. And this man was telling this story about how he – Purchased investments, whether it's shares and property, as long as he could fund his investments, yeah. that was all that really mattered. You know, because over time, that he would he knew he would make money about that. And I clearly remember that book, and I think it's wise advice because you can second guess, try to second guess what cycles are going to do, and we can have forecasts on property and stocks. But then something weird could happen, like COVID happens. So, you know, you've just got to be able to stay it for the long term when it comes to property. But when it comes to shares, you can be a bit more flexible, I
0: think. Yeah, I think the difference is it's just liquidity. And I Mm -hmm. I know, you know, some of my good friends are property experts, well-known property experts with books. And you'll see them on TV that I've got that are very good friends of mine. And so I always talk to them about property. And one thing they've always taught me is said, Dale, it's never a bad time to buy property. Is there a better time? Yeah, Mm. but there's never a bad time to buy property. As long as you've got that medium to long-term view, and as you said, as you can afford to fund it. Rental yields are coming down at the moment in Melbourne, more so in apartments, Mm. because people are having to consolidate. They want to move out. A lot lot of people are moving Mm. out in the countryside, but is there value in property market around Australia? Yeah, there is. Perth is much more depressed than the rest of it. You don't have to buy on the East Coast. But most people buy a property in the area where they live, within what's 10Ks of where they live. Do they really? Is that still a statistic? It's still a statistic because they know the suburb. Right. You or me will buy a property anywhere. I don't care mm. where it is, as long as it's good investment. So look at places like Perth. Look at some of the other places that are growing. But what
1: about the REITs? Like he was talking about the REITs, REITs. Absolutely. So I've got a chart here that I put up. It's just a, it's a, it's an in um, the real estate um, sector. Yeah. So the ASX. Um, S&P ASX 200, real estate, XREs the code. Mm-hmm. Just to give you an idea about what's happening with the REITs, it's a real mixed bag. It is. So we've got a stock that we just looked at, which was GMG,
0: mm. Goodman Group. So this is um, a trust, isn't it? Yeah. It's basically a trust.
1: Yeah, and we've got other real estate stocks on our market. That, mm. And the funny thing is that it's the, the investor market's dried up. Yes. It's actually the first home buyers and the people, mums and dads who are buying a place to live in that's actually taken off in a lot Hmm. of places. Um, Up the East Coast, there are people who are looking for investments. I am.
0: I've been looking for the last four weeks and there's some great looking properties at a reasonable price in some really yeah. nice areas. Mm. So I don't think it's necessarily expensive but if you're buying the right But should they property.
1: invest in a REIT? That's the question. And the, mm. and the thing with the REIT is always about the timing of it, like mm. any share. And right now there's some vol- volatility on some of these REITs. I'd be just watching and let it unfold for now because with the mm. REITs you can trade these long term and yeah, make some can. good money out of them you and can. get good dividends.
0: Mm. So yeah, I mean REITs are not going to be spectacular drivers in terms of you know getting 100 percent in six months. Yep. they're going to be a nice less lower volatile but nice steady earners that's mm, what they're really going to really, do that's mm. really what they're going to do but really awesome question thank you very much for bringing that up next question we got from ryan hi ryan how are you doing thank you for the question he says hi dale and janine could you please have a look at aristocrat leisure it looks like it's been rising steadily over the last six months and appears to be trending up nicely with the last three months particularly strong confirmed on the monthly chart also. It looks like to be rising to fill the gap on the weekly chart at $30.80 to $31.80. Cheers, Ryan. Great question. Nice detail. Love it. Yeah, look, I think he's right. It's It's right. heading into awesome. that zone right now. I, I think it could go
1: sort of 32 33 and I think we can see if this week's a big range, and it's early in the week so far, but if, if it closes strongly up this week, then we know it could have another week or two up, but it might be getting close to that right now. So yeah. we're seeing resistance across, here um, from some of these highs so you can see on the monthly chart there but it, it I mean it could um, you know go to 34 I mean it's possible it's possible but mm. you know it's a nice little trend but you know the concern that I have with it is that there are some gaps um, that need to be filled on it. So the question is, will it come back and fill these gaps? Well, that's gaps are not always reliable. That's no, the they're not always
0: reliable to begin. If you look at and you mention, I think the critical thing you mention is this is today's bar, obviously, and it's closed down lower than it did yesterday. But on the weekly basis, if if this gets longer and it closes below last week's close and it's down on the low, then you probably think it's going to start to fall over for at least a few weeks.
1: Yeah, but normally if you get a decent move out of a sideways move, like this little sideways move, that it should go up for two or three weeks but yeah. it looks like it's slowing so down. So if it closes mm. higher,
0: then stay with it and it should be fine. Yeah, cool. and have a good rule. Yeah, well, the next question we've got is from, from a Darren who says, Hi, Darren and Janine. Currently I have a 15K portfolio that I've been playing with for about 12 months. What's your thoughts on entering the market with a significant increase in capital? I wonder what the significant increase in capital is that that's exciting um i've read some things claiming we are due for a crash or pullback given covid has given us a pullback what's your thoughts on a possible fall regardless of covid um ultimately i'm considering whether to enter now in what seems an opportune time or wait educate myself a little more and enter um never a bad time to educate yourself um i think i, that's I gave that to you on purpose because i to knew you'd you. say that oh, okay so what else am i going to say <laughs> do you want to stick your hand up the back of my suit jacket <laughs> don't just go and plonk more money into the don't market. Just play. always know what you're investing in i think that's really what it is and and know why and what and how they're the three things you need to know so you're going from fifteen thousand dollars with a and and i'm not being rude to you but you've got a fifteen thousand dollar mentality if that makes sense it's like oh, i'm comfortable with fifteen thousand i'm using that i'm in the markets i'm okay with that Quite often when you see people go from, let's say, let's say your significant amount is half a million and they go, oh my God, from 15 to half a million, how am I managing that? It increases the psychology in your, that energy level of their attachment to the money and it can cause you to make, or a person to make much more emotional decisions. So it's far better to drip feed into it and I find that you've got to do it to your comfort level. But I'm also a big believer in stretching the comfort level a little bit. But not dollar cost averaging. But not dollar cost averaging. So if you've got a significant amount to go in, one thing I'd always do is learn, 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 learn. Learn own. how to
1: structure your portfolio from a money mm. management point of view and how to build that up. So when we're training people how to do this, mm. you might go from fifteen thousand to 20, 000 20, 000. first and start to build each position up that you've got, or maybe twenty-five thousand, what you're comfortable with. It's always about checking what your your risk is on the downside yep. and are you comfortable losing that amount. Out on each individual holding based on your stop loss. That's really what's important. And so as your portfolio grows, you'll start to become more comfortable with it and you'll be able to increase those
0: holdings as you were saying before. Yeah, because I think part of it is like when people win Tats' Lotto, they tend to lose it all you know, pretty yeah. quickly because they're not, they don't feel like they own it. Mm. And I'm not sure of the whole story and we don't need to know the whole story, but it's like that girl that got the money for the tuition and now she's down and she's frozen. You know, she's, and you don't want to get into that situation. This is where a drip feed into the market, I think, is a better one. Just buy some extra positions and build your portfolio as you're learning, not just go bang here it is. And I think that's really what we're saying. Yeah? Bang is
1: that really yeah, a bang, technical drop term?
0: Drop it all in in one hit. Don't necessarily. Don't and know. don't worry about whether the market's rising or falling. Okay. For using stop losses, just learn how to do that. All
1: right, that's awesome. Thank is you. Is it mine again? This is okay. mine, not yours. Don't I'm steal doing, my next you question. Stole mine, so I'm taking yours. Oh, you can have this one. <laughs> go for it. Okay, Dale and Janine. Um, can you look at Horizon Railways are going sideways at the moment? What's your general opinion about this stock, comparing them maybe to a railway stock in the United States? With Horizon, I would expect that they will gain much more if mining and energy demand increases throughout 2021. Now, just because a sector is going up in the US or going down doesn't mean that you will then go and see that translate into our market. Although, I actually think that our fund managers mm-hmm. have been a bit gutless lately because they, if you Say look at the again. way...
0: What's that? Pete, tell them what you think. Say that again.
1: But I think fund managers in general have been a bit gutless because they're almost trying to mirror what's going on either in the US or they're, oh, they're it's, just it's following, just, aren't they? It's following. It just drives me crazy. So come on, actually, someone out there, take a position rather than just be trying to follow the leader and play it safe, which is what they're doing. So this email um, that, you know, that you've know that you the question that you've asked um, on Horizon, Horizon, it's a really good stock. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily go, Jan, I wouldn't necessarily go overseas to look at the same thing because then you've potentially got all sorts of issues like um, wherever's is your money going to be? Um, how do you actually get exposure to that? So then you've got to really understand that and what the impact of that is. Is there any currency risk in doing that? And then um, it becomes more complicated. Look, I think Horizon is a. Um, simple stock to trade if you actually can get on those good runs and it's possible Mm. to do that but you've got to be out of it really quickly it's not something that you can be wavering or questioning about so you've got to have black and white rules in place so you'll see on the monthly chart it's just gone up and down in a sideways fashion Um, I do actually like this share but not right now it's got a lot to prove right now to get Mm-hmm. You know, in in, our, in my good books, so to speak. Um, I'd really ideally like to see it get back above $5. Yeah, but the
0: theory, the theory with Dow theory, Charles Dow theory, is when mm-hmm. transport goes starts going, then you start looking at the general market moving because things are moving yeah. around the country more. Therefore, more people are buying things which have got to be transported. Mm. So therefore, the economy is on the improve. So I understand the theory behind it, but right now it's probably a bit too early, yeah? I think it's really too early okay. for this one. So is this your question or mine? You well, can it's got have it. my name on it. You can have it. This
1: email is from Caleb. Hi, Caleb. Dale and Janine, would love your thoughts on RHC over the next year. I bought off a Dow entry on the weekly chart around $68 in May and sold in July for a 10% loss after a weekly Dow exit. It gave another weekly Dow entry last week, but I'm holding off to see Uh, what the month a monthly entry and I think there's a lot of resistance around the current price but there are some open air above 71 dollars the EPS is expected to grow by more than 10 percent each year for the next two years which is really good to see so Ramsey's a great share now it's one that's on our watch list Um, health stocks are really good but they've a lot of them have rocketed off recently this one's actually still tracking sideways and hasn't really gone anywhere i think okay if you're if you're in a um a lost position on a share it's about making sure that you set the stop loss and decide where you're going to exit really isn't that
0: the yeah that's what i think that's what he said he lost 10 percent, and Mm. now there's another opportunity but he's holding off on it
1: oh that's That's right okay yeah so he's holding off on it but look it's a question of okay Mm. you you've seen there's some um, issues around $71, so that's the thing. So the challenge he's facing right now is he doesn't know where he's going to enter. That's why he's asking the yeah, question. Yeah, it's about
0: having filters too. And I know we talk about that. It's like you can have thin filters or thick filters on your air conditioning and that sort of stuff, you know, or, you know. Sorry, hosp- how does that relate? Well, I'm talking about hospital-grade filters as opposed- oh, like, a to. Let's talk about a mask. If you were outside <laughs> and you had a th- one-layer mask or a three-layer mask, which one's better? That's four. That's three.
1: I wouldn't be able to breathe with four layers. Okay. I'll take
0: one. Okay. It's so far. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's about what are your entry rules. So he's saying, do I take an entry rule on the weekly or the monthly? Now, the mm. monthly one is much more safer because it's a much more solid entry than a weekly one. So, But well, you can look, also have other I, rules there around There
1: are other that. issues around that, and that is that, okay, where can you set your stop loss? Okay, while mm. it might be a more solid entry, mm. then you've got the issue of where are you going to set the stop loss because on a weekly chart, it could give you a really, for example, you might set the stop, see that the low's here and set the stop loss under there. Yeah. Whereas on a monthly chart, then you've got to look at where you're going to set that trail, and that's miles away that last low.
0: Correct. But mm-hmm. it is also a case if Caleb's mate lost 10% on it on his last trade, is he trying to get his money back on this trade? Well,
1: that's another good point, is uh, That's another
0: it? thing is you don't have to go and trade this stock again because you've lost it a little while ago, lost 10%, you can trade a better trade. So what's the best trade for your money right now? Is it that's this really stock or point. is it another stock? So that's the mm. other question I'd pose to you. And Caleb's Caleb's a serial emailer. He emails me all the time. So but I don't mind. If it, it. goes it's up, nice, it's got it's the nice potential
1: to go up to around $78 if it goes mm. up. But if it falls away below mm. that 63 mark, mm. then it could fall. So that's, I guess, what you've got cool. to be mindful
0: of. All right, thanks, Caleb, for that one. Let's get into our – is that the last question, I think, for tonight? No. Uh, No, it's not. The next one's from Graham, who says, Hi, Dale and Janine, we'll be here to midnight. Uh, Would you please say your thoughts about Wally? I love Wally. Um, I'm looking at entering once price breaks above $10.80. I'm wondering whether there's no need to wait until $10.80 because there are plenty of other signs of strength or whether you still believe we're still in some kind of consolidation phase. Additionally, the energy sector seems to be falling. In general, so it would now be a rather bad time to think about a trade. Regards, Graham. So
1: are you, are you thinking you'd like it to be the end of the show. Normally, you're still wanting more stocks to
0: talk oh, about, are you? Yeah. You're okay. a bit tired
1: tonight, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Wally, Okay. Keep talking. Yep. Keep talking. So looking at Wally, great stock. We really uh, like this stock. Dale said he loves it. So that's the first time I've heard him so passionate about a share before. Um, now, 1080, uh, interesting level that you've picked there. So you're talking about this last high there, I think potentially. So that's a high of 1080, and wondering, okay, perhaps if it goes through that level. Now, it could very well take off through that level in the short term. That's the thing. And if it does, it's more than likely going to do it really quickly.
0: Yeah. Mm. But the question is, is he saying, do I wait for 1080? That's the buy rule that he set. I want to buy it at 1080, okay, or above 1080. But why does he saying, want to well, ask why? us that question? He's so saying, we're going, going to influence his also, decision. Is, saying, is it okay to buy before Well, I'm not, not going to give you personal financial advice. No, well, you forget about that. I'm just saying stick to your rules. <laughs> Whatever your rules, your. if you've got a rule, you stick to it. Why yeah. change it mid midstream? Because no,
1: but that's not that's. You teach to actually look at the chart. So as more bars yeah. form on the chart, you, you reevaluate. Correct. Yeah. But is that
0: saying that? And in that's this exactly what he's doing. Well, so he's is,
1: reevaluating because he can probably see that for the yeah. last four weeks that stock has done nothing but go sideways. Correct. So there's no commitment in there. So he's thinking, okay, can am I, I going? buy it
0: earlier though? That's what he's saying.
1: Well, if he didn't, he hasn't already bought it. Then, no. then it's reasonable to think that okay, wait for it uh, to go through that 1080. That's a yeah, reasonable strategy. But he's strategy. saying
0: he I buy it earlier than 1080. Yes, he could. He could. He could because there are, is, is an that entry smart? there.
1: Is it smart? Well, it depends on his stop loss. Mm, good question. Okay. <laughs> okay and we're still question. confused.
0: Him.
1: <laughs> the last question so Graham is from sitting William. sitting scratching his head. He's going, what, <laughs> what the, the <laughs> hell did they just say? <laughs> what we said is, yes, you could buy it and you could wait for it to get above 1080. You could do either. Um, it depends on where your stop loss is, is the short and curly of it. Okay. So last question is from William. Lucky last, William. You're Hello, sure last? Dale and Janine. I know this comes up a lot on your show, but could you please look at A2 Milk? Um, it's because I've got another tab in the workbook. There's been a large increase you. of shorts recently <laughs> and it's been smashed
0: this week on a guidance downgrade now as of today, that, which seems to be touching a close to a trend line. Can we line? just tell
1: them shorts? Like someone's
0: listening to this has got no idea, has thought, what did they just say? Shorts. That's the stuff I wear a summer. <laughs> Have you waxed Finish yet? reading the question before you start entering. it. Okay. Look, shorts. Finish We're talking about question. short selling. All right. Um, Short
1: selling, so what happens is on the ASX they actually have a record of how many short sales there are on a particular stock at any time, so you can go in and have a look and it's really important that you do that because that Mm. tells you whether there's a whole lot of money that's potentially going in against a trade. If you're going long and they're piling in the shorts. It may actually fall away. So, OK, I'll read the question.
0: Read the it's question.
1: It's been smashed this week on guidance of downgrade. As today, it seems to be close to touching a trend line encompassing its 2018 and 19 lows and is closing in on a big gap on the daily chart below $14, where it bounced off multiple times during the March crash. I'm, if I, I'm not in the stock, and I, so I won't be catching a falling knife, which is great to hear. Uh, but he just wants our thoughts. So thanks, William, for your question.
0: Okay, I've done sort of a trend line on that. How's that? that That's quick.
1: It's not a trend line. This is just a line to show you the angle of the the rise. So it's not a proper trend line. Um, But what's happening is there, you're showing that, okay, it could just be coming back to the overall angle of that trend where it first Mm. started early on back in 2017.
0: But it may not find support there. It could break it. It could break it. And right Mm. now, it's like we talked about earlier, it could be catching a falling knife. Because it's not about getting in right now. It's about trading on confirmation that it stopped falling true and right now there's no confirmation of it stopped falling so they've had earnings downgrade more increasing in short sellers
1: yeah so who's going to want to be pouring in on that on that news right now but
0: people will be Mm. buying in this thinking oh i can get into this stock cheaper well
1: that could slow it down i mean i'd be looking at the shorts to see whether the shorts are starting to come off because it's when those short sales they actually unwind them that potentially the stock could bounce Mm. temporarily
0: but let's see what happens Mm. but if it's still closing yeah i was just going to say the
1: same thing just copying know. each other? I don't know. It's, Is there a recording? Like, <laughs> I swear I've got to hand up the back
0: of my jacket <laughs> and tell me what to talk about. <laughs> okay. So did you want to say anything else? No, I just think right now it's way too early. Okay. How's that? And we talked a bit about it earlier, so don't catch That's a point. That's fantastic.
1: Knife. Okay, unfortunately we've come to the end of tonight's show. Mm. We hope you've enjoyed the discussion tonight and thank you for participating. Remember, your questions are important, so don't let them go unanswered. And if you've got a topic that you'd like us to discuss, send in your ideas and we'll
0: look at your requests for our upcoming shows. Yeah, well, We're only going to look at them. We're not going to do them. Okay, remember hit that subscribe button and like the video and also remember to share the video of tonight's show with your social media on your friends or your friends and colleagues and help keep them informed. And as participation grows, we can deliver you more interesting and informing topics. Also, remember to put the show on your calendar as we will be right back here on YouTube live every Tuesday, 7 to 8 8 p.m. Also, Facebook Live if you're on Facebook. Hello, Facebook people. Share it now.
1: And if you'd like to have your question answered on the show, either send your question... In an email and remember that if you send a video question that you get priority Number one priority. and Dale will say that you're good looking. You're VIP. You, you can reach us by emailing info at wealthwithin.com.au and type Wealth Within live in the subject line. You must do this before three PM Tuesdays to get into that night's
0: show. Well, sadly, that really does bring us to the end of the show and hope everyone enjoyed tonight as much as we have bringing it to. And as always, thank you very much for joining us and we hope to see you again next week. For now, goodbye, good luck and good trading. Stay safe, everybody. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com and click on the Talking Well podcast under the Learning Centre.